This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. And joining us now to preview the NFL preseason and beyond is Ben Brown, NFL data scientist, friend of the program. So, Ben, when we're talking about, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and his advice to, to Bryce Young, Certainly, there are a lot of veteran quarterbacks out there who, who've done this a really long time who are seeing, you know, a rather talented rookie uh, quarterback class come up. Among all the rookie quarterbacks that we should see a good bit throughout this regular season, who do you feel like is in the best position to succeed? Ooh, that is that is a really good question. I do think, you know, the, the makings for what, you know, Bryce Young is already going to be dealing with, I think are going to be pretty difficult to kind of overcome as the first, first overall draft selection. I do think in a lot of ways – you know, CJ Stroud as well is going to be dealing with similar, you know, difficulties as far as like what's available to him on the roster. But I actually think there are some intriguing pieces, you know, on the Texans specifically, um, you know, from a roster perspective at the skill positions that could maybe alleviate things for CJ Stroud more so than what they would be for like Bryce Young in Carolina. You know, I'm obviously not too, you know, pleased with the fact that, you know, the, the Panthers gave up DJ Moore, who would have very much been CJ Stroud's number one receiving option. But I think some of the young players, you know, everyone's been talking about Tank Dell, but I think John Mechie, you know, coming off of, you know, in the situation last year where he had leukemia and kind of overcame that, but he was a really intriguing piece, second round drafts, selection that the Texans kind of went up and made sure that they kind of identified and locked into the fold. And I think being able to grow with some of those younger pieces at the skill positions while still having some, I would say, some veteran presence, specifically, you know, left tackle and Laramie Tunsil, who is very much still one of the best left tackles in football. You know, they got Dalton Schultz as well. So I think the Texans are quietly going to be better from an offensive perspective. And I do think we're probably going to see that, you know, in, in some ways even showcase tonight. And I do think that, you know, it, it, it sets up pretty well for them to maybe be a decent spot to even bet on in the preseason with the Patriots and how close they like to keep things to the vest. It does seem like, you know, D'Amico Ryan, everyone else, the fact that there is so much newness coming in here, we could see some extended run for some of these young guys. So I, I'm intrigued, especially this weekend, to see what C.J. Stroud could potentially bring. And I do think that, you know, it, it is a pretty decent landing spot for his overall skill set and something that could develop, I would say, quicker than what most people are projecting right now. Uh, ben, you have the most Minnesota background of all time, and we always talk about uh, the Vikings, so why not go there? Look, I, I, I view them, I really do view them as one of the more, more interesting subjects going into the year in how uh, they are being perceived in the betting market. I was talking with Adam Chernoff with, on Early Odds, my show on The Score the other day about this. Just if you take this example of what we saw with the Minnesota Vikings and you put it five to seven years ago, there's no way the win total is eight and a half. 
But now, you know, the luck factor and all that is so much in the betting bloodstream. Like, they're, the edge is completely gone, and maybe you can make the argument that it's gone too far, that maybe we should be looking at Minnesota overs instead. So we all know they go 13-4 and four last year, 11-0 and in those one-score games. Uh, the defense was just awful. I mean, Justin Jefferson held that team up, and now he's got another uh, quality receiver, we think, to pair with him on the outside, and – they are revamping that defense. It is after a 13-win season, and I understand the negative regression is coming their way, but do you view a win total of 8.5 for Minnesota, now in a division without Aaron Rodgers, as going way too far? Yeah, it does seem to, and I do think, you know, it is interesting because like very much like the analytics and those sorts of things are very much continuing to evolve. So kind of like you mentioned, things we've seen five years ago don't necessarily, you know, carry the same weight, but this does seem to be a situation that has very much kind of moved quicker than what a lot of people would expect. And I do think if we were five years ago, like the the Vikings with the continuity that they have at, you know, the quarterback position and everything else and, and coach and everything else, like they would probably be the division favorites in the NFC North. And now they're seeing that, you know, plus 275, you know, on, on DraftKings. And it, it is a really interesting dynamic in the fact that we're trying to always kind of stay ahead of the betting market and how they're actually modeling some of these things out and really trying to identify like the key components for how successful, you know, a team can potentially project to be. But to me, you know, defense is something that, um, you, you know, very much isn't stable from year to year. I know they probably got some outlandish support and luck from a turnover perspective last season. And that did lead to them having probably a much better EPA overall the or ep uh, you know overall than what they probably should have had entirely and they did have it in some crucial type situations so i think some of that is going to regress but even in speaking to it like regression is kind of this fickle thing that we really only think is going to happen on a year-to-year basis but in a lot of ways like some of these things can continue to trend forward and maybe some of our understanding of you know one score games and those sorts of things isn't necessarily evolved enough to the point where we should really just cater to those sorts of one stats and really kind of focus on that, you know, in, in, in any given context and kind of use that as the basis for, you know, our, our, our hopes and, and how well they're actually going to perform. So I, I think there has been some studies on, you know, one score games and maybe trying to unwind that a little bit more. And there is, there definitely has been something in the betting market as well, as far as like, you know, you know, the, the, the premier quarterbacks and those sorts of things outperforming, the spreads and being really good against the spread. And I think some of that goes back to their ability to kind of win some of these games and come from behind in situations that they may be a lot of other quarterbacks shouldn't. And I'm not putting Kirk Cousins into that class, but I think when you kind of pull it all together, there is still a ton of work to be done on some of these one score games. So if you are fading the Vikings kind of based on that one stat, I think you might be in for a rude awakening. And I do think that, you know, with regression, how we kind of talk about these things, like that we have a certain understanding of it, but I'm not, I'm not sure that's necessarily how it's going to work in a vacuum in every sort of situation. I think the Minnesota Vikings are a really intriguing team because the Lions have been so hyped up in the NFC North that <laughs> they, you know, have moved to the, the favorite in a lot of ways and everyone's kind of betting them. But for all intents and purposes, like the Vikings lost some pieces defensively, but kind of like you mentioned, they're going to be even better on offense. And the way in which I approach some of these modeling things is I'm definitely going to emphasize the offense because that is much more stable from year to year than anything you're potentially going to get from a defensive perspective. And I also think, you know, not even mentioning yet, but Brian Flores and, you know, the reports coming out of Minnesota, like there are reasons why 
they could even be improved, especially if they do get some of these young guys into the fold that they didn't necessarily have last year in Andrew Booth and Louis Sign and some of these other pieces. And if those guys kind of do hit, they're adding, a, I would say, a pretty big collection of young players to that defense that haven't necessarily been there before and could very much kind of make up for the gap and what they've lost in guys like Sedarius Smith and everyone else. So I think overall, you know, if you don't want to, you know, buy into the Restore the Roar, to me, the Minnesota Vikings are an intriguing and overlooked case and everyone's kind of throwing them out based on one stat. And I just don't think that's probably the correct or most sound approach to really evaluate the NFC North right now. Well, and you do have to sort of unpeel the onion a little bit, right? Because if you're looking at one-score games, I mean, one of the things that really grinds my gears when folks come out and say, all right, here are records in one-score games. What if it went the other direction? Well, not all (laughs) one-score games are created equal, right? right? Like sometimes they're two-score games, and then you allow a garbage-time touchdown. That doesn't matter Mm -hmm. at all. So, yeah, it's technically a one-score game, but obviously one team – won that contest and it wasn't really close to begin with and so definitely you need some more granular detail to make sure that you are capturing all of the essences of particular records and also too when you're looking at say you know regression positive or otherwise sometimes there are wholesale changes that may usurp all of that potential regression i look at say the patriots for instance and you go yeah mac jones still the quarterback but you've got a brand new offensive staff uh, putting Mac Jones uh, potentially in a much better position to succeed. Hopefully he will be running a lot more RPOs than he did a season ago. But I look at the Patriots as a great case study to say, yeah, a lot of traditional things I can point to like ADP for skill position players, things like that suggest this offense could very well struggle yet at the same time, some of these, you know, key ideas that we tended to go to as far as defense, not being sticky, those kinds of things you go, well, actually I can make a good case that the Patriots, maybe they don't make the playoffs, but they can go over that win total. Is the Patriots, is that team perhaps another good case study where you have to dig a little bit more deeply to figure out what the true metrics really should be for their overall potential success? Yeah, I, I do think they are a really interesting case study. And I, and I think going back to it, like the, the evolution with how we evaluate teams and how we model teams, I think to me, and maybe it's my own personal modeling, but but, but we haven't, and I don't know if we've necessarily like missed the boat completely, but I would say we haven't done a really good job from an analytics perspective in, in really peeling back the impact that offensive coordinators and good and bad offensive coordinators kind of have, or even defensive coordinators can have uh, on the overall outlook for how a team is going to perform in that next season. And, and, and in some ways we've only really looked at the continuity aspect or if a coach has been good previously at their locations, a la Brian Flores, you know, as a defensive coordinator, like we kind of just, you know, pound him into being, you know, good again with the Minnesota Vikings. But given the pieces that they have defensively or the, given the pieces that the Patriots have offensively and kind of making those wholesale changes is a really difficult problem and not one that I would say anyone has probably come up with a really acceptable answer for. So the one thing that we've probably defaulted to from a betting model perspective is just continuity aspects and buying into, you know, guys like Ben Johnson continuing to be really good for the Detroit Lions or or guys like Kevin O'Connell, maybe improving on the offensive coordinator, but actually plugging in a new guy at that role and and seeing the impactful changes is just not something that I I would say anyone has really hit on that well, but is very much probably going to be 
you know, the next evolution of really improving our, you know, next season outlooks on some of these teams. And it's very much something that, you know, you and I are are very much probably thinking about and, and probably realizing right now, like there hasn't really been a good solution. So I do think taking some of these case studies, taking the New England Patriots, you know, from last year to this year, a a continuity aspect for who they're actually going to be starting along the offense, but fitting in a new coordinator and seeing how, big that sort of jump can actually happen it is going to be a really intriguing piece i would say to like the 2023 2023 season as a whole all right for the upcoming season which team is uh ben brown's baby which which team are you higher on than the rest of the market and and if you have one that stands out on the other side on the flip side that you are lower on uh please share as well yeah, definitely. So the the big one for me, I think I've been hyping them since, uh, you know, early February at this point, but it's the Seattle Seahawks. And I think, you know, given the draft capital that they had going into, you know, the 2023 draft, like it was going to be intriguing what they actually did with those selections. And I think they kind of hit it out of the park in Jackson Smith and Jigwa, Devin Witherspoon, even some guys further on down. I know we weren't, you know, overly excited about them drafting another running back in Zach Charbonnet again, but I think they overall for the last two draft classes, they're a team that has hit on a number of key positions and added a ton of talent on rookie deals. And they maybe don't need, you know, a high end sort of outcome performance from, you know, a guy like Geno Smith, I would say to potentially win that NFC West division. And when you add that up, like they're a team that I think is really intriguing at, you know, even a 13 to one price to potentially win the NFC conference. I personally am a lot lower on the San Francisco 49ers than, you know, the general market right now. Some of that is to do with the quarterback situation, but, you know, I don't think too many people are talking about the fact that, you know, Nick Bosa is holding out right now. He might miss some early, early reps, especially in training camp, but also might not be, you know, completely back and in the fold by the time the season actually starts as well. And that's going to be another, you know, pretty crucial piece to what they want to do defensively lost a few guys in the secondary as well. So I think, you know, overall kind of going back to my point previously, you know, we're carrying this allure of the San Francisco 49ers because Kyle Shanahan has been so good, you know, especially from an offensive scheme perspective for the last how many seasons. But the fact that a lot of those things maybe are in some ways in flux or changing or maybe aren't going to be there at the start of the season, you know, it is very much a spot that I want to fade. So I think when we do see some of the betting market kind of prop up certain guys for certain reasons, you know, that's a spot that you can definitely fade. So very much for me, it's the Seattle Seahawks are a team I want to buy into. And and on the flip side of that, you know, the 49ers and the NFC West are very much a team that I'm probably going to be fading, especially to start the season. About a minute left here. We've got a couple of preseason games tonight. Texans are three and a half point favorites against the Patriots. Vikings, uh, three and a half point dogs to the Seahawks. Uh, Any bets here you like or any trends that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think you want to identify, you know, teams that are going to have, you know, young talent probably running out there a lot more than everyone else. So I do think the Texans first half against the Patriots, we, you know, very much don't know what Bill Belichick's going to do. But it does seem like we're going to see some CJ Stroud with his number one type receiver. So Texans minus two and a half first half is a spot I really like. I also do kind of want to, and I think this, and I know this game's on Friday, basically, but, um, you know, I do want to kind of buy into this uncertainty at the quarterback position as well in the preseason will fade in and I would say during the regular season but the Bucks plus 120 money line like they're going to start Baker Mayfield Kyle Trask is going to be in quite a bit as well I do think the Steelers are you know with a veteran coach and everything else probably going to take a similar approach to how the Patriots are going to play tonight so them you know a plus 120 money line I think the Bucks are a really good spot on Friday as well 
Ben Brown, NFL data scientist. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, let's go or hell no, right here on the BetQL Network.